Man, Andrew Spivey back and Nick, first time joining the podcast, man. We're back and uh, we're ready to have our uh, our first uh, podcast of the new season. Utah is just a few days away. The Billy Napier uh, era is underway. Uh, talking season's over, Nick. Yeah, man, it's all over. And before we get started, I just I just want to thank everyone at Gator Country for for really just you know everyone on the Gator Country team everyone on the message boards for just uh, giving me a warm welcome. It's been a great uh, two months here since I've started, and I'm so excited uh, to get on with football season with you guys. Well, uh, we'll see if you're good luck. Uh, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll judge yeah. you at the end of the year to see if you're good luck or not. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, in reality, though, yes, we're very excited to have you. Uh, and I think I speak for everyone, including yourself, Nick, that uh, I'm, ready for, I'm ready to see the, the ball. I'm ready to see it get some air, and I'm ready to see Billy Napier and uh, and see what this team's about, man. I mean, you know, we we've heard a lot of good things um, about Billy Napier. I'll be the first to say I've known Billy Napier for a while. Um, I've, I've watched Billy Napier from his times at, uh, at Bama to Arizona State to Louisiana. I've always thought very highly of him. Um, I think uh, you know that he is uh, uh, has a very bright future. Um, I will say that I do think that there is some challenges uh, with this football team, especially in some depth in some areas. Uh, but also, I mean, you got Utah coming to town. That's a very good football team. You know, walking into the swamp for your first ever game. Uh, you know, and, and there's a lot of pressure. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, Billy Napier said it on Monday. He said. Gainesville transforms on game day, and it's going to be just on a whole other level when Utah comes into town. I've seen some really good, really uh, fun atmospheres in the swamp, but I have a feeling that this one may top all of them. Uh, and I think you could argue that it, uh, Gainesville has transformed right now. Uh, game week is here. There's a buzz on campus. Um, the players are super excited to get out there, and I know we're all super excited to watch Billy Napier run out of that tunnel. Uh, and hopefully lead this team to a victory on Saturday. So, yeah, you know, I mean, I think that the the thing for for me, Nick, and you know, the swamp's a different place, you know, and and, I, and people always say, well, Florida fans are are fickle. All fans are fickle, man. Alabama fans are fickle. Uh, Auburn fans are fickle. You know, LSU fans. Every fan's fickle. Like, you know, when things aren't going good, they're they're just not going to show up. It just it's the it's what fan is short of fanatic. Uh, you know, you're going to have a few that will show up, but uh, there is definitely excitement, uh, and I think it's excitement from everyone. I mean, you know, student tickets are sold out. Now, that doesn't mean anything. We'll see if the, the students actually show up. It is a late game, so uh, hopefully they will show up. It won't be as hot. It'll still be hot, but it won't be as hot, so hopefully they show up. But just seeing Billy Napier and, and, and Nick, I, I feel, like I'm, feel like I'm stupid when I say this, but He's brought everybody together instead of separating everyone. You know, Dan Mullen's whole process was us against the world. Billy Napier is us against the world, but us as in the, the Gator Nation, the, the, the fan base, the students, everyone together. And, and I feel like that's going to be a big thing, and I, I hope so. Uh, you know, the, like I said, Utah is coming in. They're a hot team. They're a good team. Uh, but the swamp's no joke. The energy's no joke. The crowd noise is no joke, and the heat's no joke. So uh, 
make it loud, make it uh, as uncomfortable for the Utes as uh, humanly possible on Saturday. Absolutely. And, you know, I was listening to a, a radio show just the other day, and the guy, I forget who it was, but he was saying Utah, nobody on their entire roster has played in an environment like the Swamp. He was saying, you know, some fans say, oh, we, you know, we go to Oregon, whatever. He was saying that is not the same. The Swamp is a different place. It's on another level. And I do believe that. I, I, I think that the Swamp impacts games. Uh, the Auburn game is the, is the one that comes to my mind uh, when they came to the Swamp a couple years ago. That was just the most insane atmosphere I've ever seen. Uh, and if we can create that sort of energy for this game, and, and that was a day game. This is going to be a night game. It's just going to be a different level. Um, I'm hoping that the fans show up. I know we said, you know, it's a late game, so the, the students, you know, it's not going to be as hot. You know, you, we all know they're going to be drinking all day long. Um, so let's just hope that they can get out there and, uh, and and really support Gator Nation. Because like you said, it seems to me, and like Billy Napier has this completely under control. Uh, the players that I've talked to in the locker room have, and, and even the and the, even the high school uh, recruits are, are noticing it. They're saying, you know, everybody from the head coach to the assistant team nutritionist, they're all on the same page. They all have the same goal. They all share the same message. And I think that consistency within the program is important, especially at this time. You know, there's there's always uncertainty with uh, a new head coach entering the season. And Napier, to me, and I think to a lot of other people, has really shown consistency with his message. He's, he's getting this team where they need to be as far as like discipline is concerned. Um, and so I think Napier has really done all the right things uh, going into this season. Uh, we'll see how the team performs. Um, previous coaching staff did not really leave this uh, roster in a fantastic spot for Billy Napier uh, to say the least, but I think he's done what, I think he's done what he could to to get this roster as ready as it as it could be uh, this Saturday. So, yeah, let's go through it here. Let's 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 start to break down a little bit of the depth chart here. You know, obviously uh, we're taping this Tuesday. Billy Napier says he's going to give his depth chart Wednesday evening after practice. A uh, little bit of a change. He's actually having two press conferences a week, which I like. You know. Um, he's the head man. Um, you know, he dictates the the direction of the program, the direction of the team. So I, I like it. Uh, so let's uh, let's go through what we kind of think is going to be the depth chart. Obviously, a quarterback we know it's AR. Um, that's that's going to be your your guy. Uh, it's going to be your starter. Um, obviously, with uh, Jack Miller down with the the injury, you know, it'll either be the walk on Kyle Engel or or Jaylee Kitnell. Let's just all uh, hope that. Uh, they're coming in in mop-up duty and, you know, not because of an injury there. Uh, no surprise there. But at running back, Nick, this is where things get uh, complicated. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and maybe not complicated because Billy Napier's shown in the past he's going to play a lot of guys. He's going to rotate a lot of guys. Now, he's going to play the hot hand, you know, when needed. He's not going to have Damian Pierce sitting on the bench, you know, when it's – fourth and one in the games on the line. But how do you see this running back group shaking out? Who do you think gets the first carry in the game? If that means anything, uh, but who do you think kind of gets that first carry? Yeah. And I, I do not think that who gets the first carry necessarily means anything. Uh, but I will say, I will say Naquan Wright gets the first carry. However, I see, and you saw this in the round table that uh, Gator country just dropped. Our intern, um, Gentry, picked 
Naquan Wright to be the offensive MVP. And I went with Montrell Johnson. So if that does not give you a kind of idea of, of how, you know, kind of deep and, you know, undecided this, this, this running back room is for the 49ers, there's several options that they could go to off the bench. I think Montrell Johnson is an, a beast of an athlete. Uh, he was clocked at some like ridiculous speed uh, during the spring game. I think it was like 21 or 22 miles per hour or something like that. Um, he's an absolute unit, 218 pounds. He's 5'11", scored 12 touchdowns as a true freshman last year. And, and what I saw from him this, in the spring game uh, is that he's going to get a lot of looks in the red zone. Napier is going to hand him the ball. He trusts him in the red zone, clearly. Um, I, I kind of see Montrell uh, at least leading the team, leading the group in uh, touchdowns this year. I think Naquan Wright's an awesome player. Uh, he stuck it out with Florida. He's, he's, you know, he's done his part uh, for this Gator team. And I see, him, I see him also doing really well. But what I will say is that I think all these running backs on our roster, they offer something different to the team. Naquan Wright is more of your kind of like, every down back. He can kind of do it all. Uh, he can pass catch. He's, he's, he moves well in open field. Montrell Johnson is kind of, in my opinion, like the red zone guy. He's the, he's the bruiser. He's the guy, you know, he's almost 220 pounds. Uh, he'll run you over if he needs to, but he, he's not slow either. So, uh, and then you got Lorenzo Lingard who has just incredible speed. Uh, we know that he hasn't really had his chance to shine yet. Um, but I think that this year he's going to get his, his, his chance to, to get some significant playing time for the Gators. And then you got the, you got the rookie, ETN, Trevor ETN. He is a beast. He's impressed so far. Uh, I do think he kind of is near the bottom just uh, in the in the in the unit simply because he's a freshman. But we've seen Napier uh, with Louisiana. He's not afraid to play freshman running back. He's not afraid. To, he's not afraid to play freshman. Period. But we think we saw it last year with the running back position. He will if, if you are capable of playing significant snaps and playing winning football. Billy Napier is going to play you. So we we will see we will see Trevor Etienne this year. I don't know how much, but we're going to see him, and 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 he's and he's looked good so far uh, in the blue and orange. So yeah, I mean, listen, Naquan Wright. We've all talked about his story. You know, got shot at an early age. Um, you know, every everything he's bounced back from. Injury is not going to concern him at all. He'll be back. He'll be healthy. I've said it from for a long time. I think Naquan Wright has a chance to be one of the best running backs in the country. What he does, not just running between the tackles, but what he does, you know, running the ball, but then catching the ball. He might be the best all-around back on this team. Um, and, 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 and when I say might, he probably is. Um, I just, I think Naquan Wright's special. I do. I think Montreal Johnson brings a, a change up to the group. Uh, and I think ETN will see that the third most carries there, uh, with Lingard kind of picking up, you know, the scraps there, uh, at least early on until he can show that, he, you know, he can do it. Uh, I just, for me, Nick, and, and it goes to what we're going to talk about in a minute with the offensive line. But if this offensive line could just halfway decently open up some holes, you you got a chance to be a pretty good freaking offense. I mean, when when you talk about what Naquan can do, but you added the dimension of an RPO with Anthony Richardson there, you know, you, you're talking about two elite runners at, in the backfield at one time. 
you, you can make some things happen there. So if the offensive line can just be halfway decent, I, I'm expecting a, a big year uh, from that running back group, uh, in particular Naquan and, and Montreal. But um, ETN's a guy that I, you know, at the end of the year, if he's getting, you know, RB1 carries, wouldn't shock me a bit. Uh, we all seen what, you know, his brother Travis can do, and Trevor's as good of an athlete as him. So, uh, excited about the group uh, there. And I, I guess that leads me into the receiver group where, you know, there's four quality running backs that we feel very good about at running back. We go to receiver, and that's where it's more of a, a lot of unspoken guys there that are maybe a little bit unproven. Obviously, Justin Shorter's back. But he needs to be more consistent. Xavier Henderson's back. Again, he needs to be more consistent. Can he do something besides run the go route? Uh, you know, and then you bring in the, the transfer in Ricky Purcell. Uh, you, you like what he can do. Uh, you know what he can do. He's probably wide receiver one overall. And then Trent Runnemore is Mr. Consistent. But outside of those four, you know, you go to, to Quavion Frazier. You go to Dejon Reynolds. You go to Marcus Burke. You go to Caleb Douglas. All of those guys right there are just unproven guys. Not that they don't have talent. We all seen what Frazier's and Burke did last year in some mop-up duty. They can do it. They just have to show it and be consistently when they do it. Um, I, I guess, Nick, my question for you is, is it is it Ricky's receiver group? And then looking for who's going to be consistent number two? Well, here's the deal. As of, in my opinion, as of now, it is, it is Ricky's, uh, it, it, is his, it is his receiver group. I do think that. But if, if this offense is going to hum at the level we want it to go at, we're going to need – that 1A, 1B kind of receiver group, absolutely. So with that being said, we're going to need shorter. We're going to need Anderson. We're going to need one of those two guys to really step up and be, and be that dog, you know, because one good wide receiver and one, and one okay wide receiver is not going to cut it in the SEC. Um, and I love Ricky Purcell. I think uh, I've watched him a lot since he's, he's come here, and, he's, and I think he's the guy that's going to lead the team in catches this year, probably yards as well. Uh, he's, he's a guy that can move in open space. He's a guy that we can do a lot of different things with. Uh, we can get him the ball early. He can run a post. He can do a lot of different things. Um, and, and I, th- and I think you, you nailed it when you said those guys that we, you know, Burke, Frazier's Reynolds, we're also going to need those guys, at least one of them to step up and be a serious contributor this year. Because let's say, even if let's say shorter and Henderson, one of those two makes a big jump. Okay. There's two, two good wide receivers. We're gonna need we're gonna need someone to fill that three spot as well. And if and if Shorter and Reynolds, uh, you know, kind of, you know, in the, Shorter and Reynolds are not bad receivers by any means, but they do need to show more consistency with their route running. They need to get open more. Um, so I think that then you look at you know Burke, Reynolds, Frazier's, which one of those guys is gonna be is gonna be that guy for Florida? Uh, because we're gonna need to lean on if not multiple people, at least one of those that group of three right there. So. I'm going to go out on a limb here, Nick, and say that Caleb Douglas and Jaquavion Frazier is your, is your two receivers that surprise you the most. I agree. I, uh, I don't know if Douglas is going gonna, is gonna to contribute as much this year, but I think for sure next year, Caleb Douglas is a guy that I think a lot of people slept on coming out of high school. That guy can play – football he's an sec caliber receiver there's no doubt in my mind uh 
he just looks natural at the position. You watch him, he doesn't make he doesn't make rookie mistakes like a, a rookie would. He he can go out there and, and make plays. Um, I'm really excited about him. I do hope he contributes this year because uh, he looks great. He looks the part. Uh, I'm excited for for Caleb Douglas. Absolutely. For me, Justin Shorter though, it's it's about consistency with the guy. You know, you, you see games where he goes for over 100, then you see games where he goes for 10 yards, and it's just for me, it can't. How consistent can he be? Can he finally be that consistent guy that you know week in and week out you can depend on? Um, we know he has the ability. We've seen it. I mean, we've seen it multiple times where we that he's been able to go out and make plays. It's just about being consistent there. So really need to see that. Uh, I've been a big fan of Jaquavion since he was in high school. And I, I think he has the ability to be a really, really good player. Um, all reports are Xavier Henderson has done better this uh, this fall camp. So, you know, want to see that. But I, you can't be a one-route runner and expect to win in the SEC. And yeah, and here's the thing with Henderson is <coughs> he is a very, very fast player and you know there there may not be you know, when he's in open field and when he gets going, there might not be a, a player on the Florida Gator roster that could catch him. He's that fast. However, it it to me, his quickness is, is where he needs to improve. He needs to be able to get that jump off the line in order to, to in order to in order to run other routes besides the go route, because the go route, you know, you can just get going and, and, and eventually you'll, you'll beat the guy, but he needs to be quicker off the, off the line so that he can run these slants. He can run an end around. He can run curls. Um, he just needs, he just needs to work on his quickness. And I do think he's gotten better from what I've seen. And he looks to be a little bit quicker off the line. Um, and, and, and he has been working on uh, different routes. So, I'm excited for him. I, I, I'm wishing him the best. Uh, like I said, we need consistency out of Shorter and Henderson. Let's uh, let's go to tight end. Billy Napier loves to throw the ball to tight ends. Man, does he love to throw the ball to tight ends. Um, does he have a guy on this roster that he consistently can go to? I don't know. Uh, Dante Xanders and, and Keon Zipper are your one-two guys uh, there. Uh, Dante's, you know, defensive end back to tight end and you know everything else so uh you know it'll just it'll be interested to see if one of those guys step up I'm still looking at Nick Elkinson um you know he's a guy that last fall camp was spectacular you know we we thought it was going to have a big year injuries kind of derailed him a little bit so uh you know you need one of those guys to step up I think that's definitely one two three on the on the depth chart Xander Zipper and and Nick, um, you need consistent play there. Uh, somebody that you know Billy can throw the ball to. You know Anthony Richardson needs a tight end that can be his safe guy. You know can can be his big target there. Um, I, you know we all thought it was going to be Keon Zipper coming out of high school. Maybe this is the year he steps up and does it. Um, you need one of those group guys to step up out of this group. Um, and it's not to say there's not talent there. It's just unproven talent again. Right. And, and I think, uh, Zip and Elk, they're, they're very capable <coughs> tight ends. But to me, the guy I'm looking at here is Nick. Um, he, he, he's the one that, in my opinion, has the chance to be that guy. Um, uh, because, the, you know, Dante Sanders is a good player. But how good is Dante? Like, how good is, is he, what, like, what's his ceiling at? Right. You know? And what's his, I, what's his ability in the passing game? Right. 
and like I, I mean, I could totally like Xander's. He did play. He did play an excellent spring game. But like, how good can he actually be? Is the question. I to me, I I, I don't see him being like, you know, I don't even see him being like a five six touchdown a year kind of guy. I, I think he could grab a few, and you know, he he may catch three passes for thirty yards. Um, and you know, maybe he'll surprise us. Who knows? But you know, I'm looking at Nick Elk. Uh, for that, for that kind of guy, I, I want to see him transition into into Billy Napier's tight end. You know, I want him to be the guy that can just make plays uh, because right now I don't know if we have a tight end that can seriously go out and change the game for us. And I think, and and we've seen it with Billy Napier. He wants he wants multiple tight ends that can really play. And I think we have I think we have tight ends that can play, but I want to see I want to see a game changer emerge, like you said. I, one of those three guys you mentioned, they have to step up and be and be the tight end for the Florida Gators that, we're, that, that we need. So, Yeah, I mean, again, you know, I think Zip can do it. I think Elf can do it. I think it's a, it's a, it's a question of, you know, can they or will they? Um, you know, again, I think the ceiling is a little bit, uh, you know, smaller for, for Xander just because, yeah. he, you know, he's rotated back and forth. Exactly. So, and I think he's going to give you, you know, some, some consistent play there. I don't know that he gives you the, you know, take the top off the defense, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but, again, you need to see it there. Um, let's run through the offensive line real quick, and, and then we'll get to defense here. Uh, for me, Nick, I, I think the, the starting five is pretty set. Uh, you can disagree here if you think so. I guess it's going to be Gerard, Ethan White, Kingsley, Osiris, and, and Tarquan. I think that's going to be your starting five. I, I agree. Uh, and I think – and I think Josh Braun is a is a very valuable six. So yes, uh, he he's a guy that he can play. Uh, he's a guard, but I I mean they, they, I know at least when he was first here they flirted with the idea of him playing tackle. Uh, right. Uh, but I think he's pretty much a guard now. But still, he he's a he's a versatile he's a versatile player. Um, he's a guy that that you could you know we, you know we talked about this a little bit before uh, Andrew. He's a guy that. They, they they will throw in the game. He's not gonna he's not gonna you know ride the bench for the all four quarters. Although he's not in the starting group, he he's gonna play on Saturday. Yeah. Well, and again, you know, everybody gets so you know focused on depth chart here, and, and you know, I think when you see the depth chart, you're gonna see Austin Barber as your um, second tackle. That that doesn't mean that Austin Barber is gonna be the first one to go in the game at tackle. I, I think it could very easily be Braun, um, and I think it probably will be Braun um, there. So, uh, you know, you always want 10 uh, offensive linemen. You know, for me, uh, Nick, looking at it, I get eight, maybe nine. I get the starting five, and then I get Barber. I get Richard uh, uh, Richard Leonard, or Richie Leonard. Uh, that gets me to um, seven. Or, excuse me, eight with Braun, Leonard, and Barber. Um, and I, I think you can make the case uh, that um, Riley Simmons is ready. I think you can make the case possibly that Cam Waits is ready to get you to 10. Um, I, I don't know that I'm comfortable with uh, with Waits or, or, or Simons to, to get me to 10. I, I'm very comfortable with eight. Um, and I think that's kind of where the, the staff is, is. They're good with eight. If they have to get to 10, it's a little hold in my breath. Mm-hmm. And you know they, you know the saying is you, you know you want ten good 
playable, capable offensive lineman. But right. I would say that there's very, very, very few teams in the country that actually have 10 offensive linemen that can play winning football. So when you look at it like that, sitting at eight before the season starts, it, in my opinion, is a pretty good spot to be in. Um, I, like I said, there's very few teams in the country that have that actually have 10 guys that can play winning football along the offensive line. And so, and I think Billy Napier is comfortable with where his offensive line's at. They, you know, we ask him questions all the time about it, and he, you know, he's like you said, he's comfortable with eight, and they're looking to add two more. If they can add that two more, we're going to be in a really, really good spot along the offensive line. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, you've got to you've got to figure out how um, how you want to go to get your get to your ten. I, again, do you really need ten? Uh, yes and no, um, but it, it, do you ever get to ten? It, it, it's tough. Uh, again, in a year or two, you better have ten. Now I understand it. So uh, that's kind of where I'm at there. Um, I, again, some some holes, some, some some things that you would say that need to improve. Uh, again, some players there that are good players that just are unproven players. Um, <clears throat> let's go to the defense side of the ball, uh, Nick, and uh, let's go to uh, – we'll start with the, the end slash edge. Um, obviously the edge is going to be Brenton Cox. Um, at that other defensive end spot, it's going to either be Princely or Sapp. Um, those are the two guys that have kind of shown that they can uh, they can be that guy. I think the, the the biggest question is who backs up Britton Cox at that edge spot? Is it Lloyd Summerall? Who who is who can be that guy to step up and 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 be that guy? Or do they just move a guy like Tyreek Sapp over there when Britton Cox needs a breather? I think. I think it's possible. I think both of those options are possible. I think uh, I like Lloyd Summerall um, coming off, backing up a Cox there. But, you know, there's other guys. There's there's Powell that's there. And I could also see them moving Sapp over there when, you know, when Princely's on the field and, and, some, and stuff like that. Because I think Princely is I, – I want to call him my, my kind of dark horse, like, MVP this year on the defense. Uh, and, I, and this is for a number of reasons. Princely, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name, but Princely has really impressed me, and I know he's impressed the coaches uh, since stepping you know, foot in Gainesville. He was a guy that came in and quickly realized that he was undersized and that he was not, his body was not where it needed to be to play SEC football. And he, you know, he said, I, this, this, I need to get bigger, I need to get stronger, I need to get faster. And he did. He did exactly that. And now he gets his chance to shine here. Uh, and I think with with Dexter and Cox along the defensive line, um, he there that you know those two are going to draw a lot of attention, and he might just be he might just be able to slip to to get to the quarterback uh, relatively easily this year. And, and he's not he's not a he's a really good player. He's fast. Um, I'm super excited to watch him play this year. But yeah, I, I I'm not worried about. Like the edge rushers, I although I think uh, I think that we're thin. We have options, um, and and this is kind of the the theme, right? With the whole team, we've mentioned it time and time again. It's just inexperienced depth. That that's what it, that's truly what it is. It's young guys that are coming in. We don't know. We really truly don't know how good these players are. 
It's there's Tyreek an Tapp's the guy that we don't know how good he can be. Right. And you know, and, and and do we really know how good like Lloyd Summerall is? No, I mean because I think Lloyd Summerall's been misused a little bit in the in, in some of the um in, in some of the past years. I think he's been a little undersized. He's finally you know a little bit bigger. Um, so yeah, I mean we'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll see where what he is. And again, you, you have the options. It's just unproven options. I wanted to hit on Princely real quick with you. I'm a big fan of Princely too. I think Princely has a motor and a physicality about him that he has that dog in him that's going to just go get the the quarterback, and that's what you want out of that guy. And um, again, him and Sap together, I, I really like it. Uh, for me, Nick, defensive line though, it's all about the inside. You know, we all know what Gervin Dexter, you know, can be and 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 is. Who who helps him? Who takes the double team off of him? You know, is it Jalen Lee? Is it Chris McClellan? Is it Chris Thomas? You know, is it Big Death? Who who is it? I, I you know I personally think that it's Jalen Lee early on, and then I think it's followed closely by by Chris McClellan. But again, McClellan's a, a freshman. He's just a guy that's been here since January. Um, what what can he do consistently there? Um, you know, can Big Dez play multiple plays? I don't think so, but we'll, we'll see. Um, somebody's got to step up, though, and say, Gervin, I'm going to help you out here. I'm going to take the double team off of you. I'm going to create some holes for my linebackers to run freely. Agreed. And I think, I think to somewhat answer your question, I think Jalen Lee is, is going to be the guy that, at the very least, takes the first snap. Uh, mm-hmm. along, alongside Dexter, uh, but like you said, we are we need guys like Chris McLennan. We need a guy like Desmond Watson to get playing time this year to really fulfill that kind of defensive tackle rotation. Because as we know, these defensive tackles can't play every single snap of the game. They cannot. So we need we need we need like four solid defensive tackles in there to 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 ease Gervon Dexter, because we know that Gervon Dexter is going to draw a lot of attention. Um, he's a guy that's that's he may not put it up on the stat sheet, but he's a guy that affects the game in in, in many ways. <coughs> so I I don't think Desmond Watson is going to play as much as I think a lot of us were hoping. Uh, he he he's back to practicing with the Gators, which is a good thing. And and you know I think that tells me that the staff is trying to get him out there to play. Um, I I think it's it's possible you see him in on like early down packages, but he will not be in there on third downs. And I think it's possible you see him in on uh, goal line as well, because it's going to be tough to move him on the goal line. So, uh, but yeah, I think it's it's a, it's a the defensive tackle unit is the room that I'm worried about simply because there just isn't a whole lot of depth behind the starting rotation, and right. it's a, it's a room where, God forbid, we have two to three injuries, there's going to be an issue, and we're, we and the staff is going to have to move guys along the defensive line to go play tackle, which we've seen that before. Um, so, you know, and, and this could be guys like like Tyreek Sapp, like Justice, like Justice Boone. God forbid you know, we have these. Is, yeah, what's up? Chaos is in the room. Mm-hmm. And chaos is going to get this group right. Um, chaos true. is going to have these these guys ready to go. Um, chaos is going to have have a group that's got got a little dog in them there. Um, and I think too, what may help them out a little bit 
is the emergence of some of these linebackers. Obviously, we know Ventrell Miller, captain, quarterback of your defense. But Amari Burton, he's playing really well. Finally, the guy has a position he's settled at and is playing. Now, he's got to get healthy. Um, we'll see how much he plays in the Utah game. I think he plays a good bit. Uh, Dewan Black has picked up the defense uh, a lot better. Um, before and then my freshman of the year so far is Shamar James who um, you know early on I've been told that he picked up the defense in about a week um, he it, he's a former running back in high school so he can go guard he can guard the the receivers uh, and uh, or excuse me tight ends and running backs out of the backfield he'll be fine there um, so you have some guys there that you know again a little unproven but guys that can make the plays there, and that should help the defensive tackle spot um, as well. Um, you know, I mean, you think about it. On third and long, if you can get a group of Shamar James and Dewan Black on the field at linebacker to cover in space, you feel pretty good about that, them being able to cover up, uh, you know, the, the opposing tight end or the opposing running backs much more than you have in the past where it was like, oh, my God, like, please don't match your running back up against our linebacker. Right. And, and, you know, we've seen that before. We've seen, you know, Ventral Miller, you know, on third down packages. And it's just, it's not what gives the Gators the best chance to make that stop. But Ventral Miller is a player that I, I absolutely love Ventral Miller. Uh, I think back in, you know, 2020, he was, our, he was our best run stopper and he was arguably our best player on defense. And, and so, I, you know, to have that guy back is going to, it, like you said, it's going to ease you know, the pressure off the defensive line just a little bit because he is one of the best run stoppers. Uh, he's old school. Ball. Yeah, he's old school. He's going to hit you. He reminds me a lot of David Reese. Yeah. Uh, and, and to give you a little Shamar, you know, comparable is Alex Anzalon. Um I think they compare a lot there. Uh, let's go to defensive back, and uh, we'll start with corner and this is this is where I think you run into some – question marks big time. Jason Marshall, injured. You know, we'll, we'll see how much he plays uh, early on. He's been injured a lot. Um, after him, it's Avery Helm. And, you know, he, he had a solid season last year, had some ups and downs. Uh, can How much did he improve this offseason? Obviously, Corey Raymond being, you know, on staff now will, will help that a lot. But after that, you're going to Jalen Kimber, who's a transfer in, and you're going to Devin Moore, who's a freshman, and you're going to Jordan Young, who hasn't played very much at all either. Um, all of that to say, you're, you're still waiting on Jaden Hill to get back from injury. So, um, you know, your cornerback, it, it's, it's tough to look at this cornerback group and say, okay, this is going to be the guy because none of them have proven that. You know, Jason Marshall had an up-and-down year last year. Abraham did the same. Marshall's injured right now. And then who plays after those two guys? And then you go to Nickel. You know, you got Travez Johnson and Jadarius Perkins there, two guys that were up and down, you know, last year as well. So a lot of question marks at the cornerback and nickelback spot heading into the season. Again, good news, Corey Raymond, the master of DBs, is coaching you up, um, but he can't play. Right, and I think, you know, when the depth chart is released, it's released on Wednesday night. Uh, we're shooting this on a Tuesday, so tomorrow. Um, there's going to be some people with some questions because – a, it's only going to be four guys, and we have a lot more than four guys that are kind of in the running to, you know, crack that depth chart. Uh, or people are going to be upset because the word or is listed everywhere 
uh, in the DB room because there's, like you said, there's just a mess of guys that, you know, with Jason Marshall hurt and, and you know, Jaden Hill, who I think a lot of people thought that was going to be our one and two going into the season, that those were going to be our starting corners, Jason Mar- uh, Marshall and Jaden Hill. So, and, you know, if, if both of those can't play, well, then you look at guys like Avery Helm. Can he have more of a consistent season? I thought he was decent last year. I did think he had some consistencies in his play, but can he step up? Can, you know, can Jordan Young step up? Um, is Devin Moore, is Devin Moore going to be that guy as a true freshman? We'll see. Um, but the good news is there's a lot of bodies in that room, uh, which is like, unlike some of our other positions on defense, we do have the numbers there. Um, so it's just a matter of who can step up in that unit and, and, and really, you know, lock down these SEC, uh, SEC wide receivers. You look at that and then you go to safety and you got two um, veterans compared to others and Rashad Torrance and Trey Dean. And, you know, again, I, I'm a big Trey Dean fan. I think that it just is a matter of, you know, the coaching staff and, and, and they have, they understand what he does best. And that is getting in close to the line and just, being a nasty old school safety, and I think he'll be fine there. Uh, Rashad Swords, you know, he, he he's he's done well um, at times. Uh, you know, after that, it looks like it's going to be a battle um, with Kamari Wilson and Donovan McMillan and Corey Collier and Kamar Wilcoxon. All four of those guys are kind of battling to be that that next guy up at that safety spot. Um, but you know, the the two proven veterans, the seasoned veterans. Uh, there help that defensive secondary, you know, that at cornerback is just so depleted of experience. Right. And, you know, it's, but it, I will say it's been a long time since the Gators have had like <coughs> two, like we're entering into the 2022 season, right? And we know who the starting safeties are going to be. I think yeah. it's been a long time since that's even happened. Um, right. So we're already seeing like more, you know, established, more established scheme, more established coaching staff. Uh, and then, yeah, you look at the guys behind them. Um, Kamari Wilson and Donovan McMillan are going to be my, that's my two guys that I, I want to see kind of win out that backup job. Um, and th- those are guys that are going to play a lot as well. We're going to see the safety group rotate a lot um, this season. So, you know, but it's the theme. It's the theme of the depth chart is just inexperienced depth. Billy Napier said it time and time again, um, it's not that these players are not capable. It's not that they're not very talented. It's that we just don't know what they can do yet because we just haven't seen it. Um, and Game we day is all... so much different in practice. You I was going to say. Simulate it as much as you want. Doesn't matter. I was just going to say it's, it's, you know, it's different. It's different than, than practice. It's just a different game. And, like, we can report all we want about how a guy looks in practice. That does not mean he's going to play like he is in practice. So, you know, but it's an, it's still an exciting time. Um, I, me personally, I want to see how, how these guys, how these, these guys that are, you know, haven't played a lot, what can they do? Because it's going to be an awesome shock when all these guys come in and they're really good, you know? Yeah. And, you know, it might be a disappointment when, you know, a player doesn't turn out, but a lot of them are going to turn out to be really good players for us. So I think it's just an exciting time to be a Gator fan because, you know, we may not we may not win ten games this year, but Billy Napier is putting a stress on creating this depth, and it, and it's going to take him a couple years. So you guys have to be patient with him. Um, 
we have a lot, a lot of young players on the team right now, and we're going to have a lot more next year just because of I think we're probably going to take 27 to you know 28 commits. Um, so we're going to be young for a couple of years, but Billy Napier's got this going in the right direction. Yeah, we were going to get into a little Utah talk, but we'll save that for Friday and, and just so we can continue on this you know path that we're on here for a second. And you know what you said is exactly right. And you know Napier's got this going in the right direction. Um, you know, you, you look at some of these guys and, you know, uh, I'll, let's just say, let me, let's just focus on Amari Bernie for a second. Okay. Bernie's a guy that, you know, has, has some potential, uh, to, to be a really, really good player. Um, I think he's been misused a ton. He's been moved around a ton to where he just has been lost at times. Um, uh, you know, new staff, new ideas with him. Um, you know, maybe maybe the light shines for him and he comes on, you know, and I think that that can be said for, for a lot of guys in particular, that new staff, you know, being able to, to, to move positions to where, you know, they, they're probably more comfortable, more suited for, uh, is going to be a big thing and a thing that you may, you know, when we look back at this season in a, in a couple months and say, man, so-and-so had a great year, where did that come from? And I think we're going to look at it and say different coaching, you know, different spots, play different spots. You know, trading's a guy that I think, you know, we very well may look back and say, man, that's the guy we all thought he was. Because at the end of the day, what Trey Dean is, is a big hitting safety. He's not a guy that's going to be your best pass covering safety. He's just not. That's, that's not what he's there for. You know, you look at a guy like Keon Zipper, he, his, his game is definitely not, you know, being the best pass blocker that's just not him that's not that's not his game he's more of a catch the ball and and do things kind of player so you know again new coaching staff i think things can you know be changed in a lot of ways and you know i think we may look back and say man so-and-so had a really good year where did that come from and we can point to just the new staff in general um i want to i want to ask you this nick real quick before uh, we've got about five or ten minutes here before we get out of here um What's a successful year for you? I uh, throw, throw the records out, and now let me profess this by saying, I'm a guy who says if you don't win a championship every year, it's a waste. Uh, I, I just you play to win the championship, but um, obviously, I think we're all seeing and, and thinking that you know championship may be a little out of the question this year. Hey, maybe not. We'll see. But for you, what's a successful year? Well, the beautiful thing is about college football is you just never know, uh, but. For this year, I think a successful season is eight wins. And I say this for a number of reasons. When, when Napier was first hired, the one thing I wanted to see in his first season was I did not want the Gators to lose to teams that we should be every single year. Mm-hmm. I did not, you know, the, and, and we saw it with Dan Mullen, the losses to Missouri, the losses to Kentucky. We, do, we have historically dominated those teams. We need to go in and beat the teams we're supposed to beat. Now that – that, that's, I know that's like a little weird, but because there's a bunch of teams this year that are, you know, that you could say are similar to us in skill level. You know, you got Kentucky, Tennessee, FSU. Uh, those are three games, in my, in my opinion, that are arguably the most important games on the season, just because I think they could change the outlook on our season. If we lose all three of those games, or even let's say we lose two of them, we're going to finish at six and six. And, in the, and I know Gator fans aren't going to be too happy with that. Um, but if we could take two of three from them, we're looking at an eight and four finish, maybe a nine and three finish. That would be pretty, that would be pretty successful in my opinion. But 
a lot of this depends on how healthy this team stays because we've, we've sat here for 45 minutes and talked to you about, you know, the depth on this Gator team and how inexperienced it is. If we have injuries this year, if we get the injury bug, it, it's not going to be pretty uh, for the Gators this year. And, and that is not, that's not Billy Napier's fault. Um, so, you know, I think a, it, the season depends on a lot. It depends if we stay healthy. Um, but I think, I think if, if, if this, if this Florida Gator roster can go out and get eight wins, that's going to lead, uh, that, that's going to be, that's going to be pretty, pretty successful in my opinion. For me, it comes down to a couple of things. Um, discipline. I want to see a football team that's disciplined. I am so sick and tired of seeing teams on fourth and one lineup offsides, on fourth and one at the one, jump offside or uh, have false starts. You know, jump the snap. I, I, I'm tired of it. I'm, you know, the 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 plays where it's a big play in the game and you make a stop and you know you have to slap the other guy's helmet or you have to push him out of bounds or or throw a freaking shoe. Play, play disciplined football. Play like you're the University of Florida who should be there. Play disciplined football. Play more physical brand of football. Um, obviously, I think that you're still a work in progress on both lines of scrimmage, but you can still play physical football. Hat on the hat and play more physical football. For me, there's just – the record, per se, throw it out the window for me. Obviously, you know, you want to see results, everything else. But for me, it's – not so much when record-driven success. It's seeing the little things, you know, seeing the, the the penalties go down, seeing the team get more physical, seeing the team play more like a team there, uh, developing identities across the thing, and just, you know, feeling like at the end of the year that the program is on an upward trend instead of a downward trend. You know, the last few years it's always seemed like it was on the downward trend, have it go on the upward trend, and I think you're looking at a successful year. Um, like you said, recruiting is going really well for these guys. Um, continue to show positivity, and recruiting will continue to grow for you. And, you know, we'll, in the next few years, we won't be talking about, well, championship is out the window. It'll be, it's championship or bust. Right. And, you know, I will add this. I think that, you know, when you look at Florida's season this year, their record, like you said, you you know, you said throw it out the window. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say no matter what the Florida Gator record is this year, I my opinion on Billy Napier will not change. And, you know, I say that for a few reasons simply because I know where this roster is at. Um it's it's thin. It's thin it's thin pretty much across the board. And like I said, God forbid we get an injury bug, it could get ugly for the Florida Gators this year. With that being said, I do still want to see us win win the games that we should win. Um, I want to see us go out there and compete against good teams. I want to go. I want to. I want to go to College Station and and watch us play a brand of football that I that all that we're all proud of. Um, and and you know that leads back to physicality. I want the team to be more physical. I I don't want you know I can't tell you how many times last year I sat and watched the games. And it was it would be a third and three, third and four situation, and our cornerbacks are seven yards off the line of scrimmage. And I, you know, I would look at my roommate and say, "This is a slant right here. Boom, slant, first down." That these those little changes are what I want to see this year. Um, I, and you know, Patrick Tony's saying all the right things this year. So, and I'm excited to I'm excited to watch his his scheme work. It's going to be really fun to watch. He has you know creeper 
can have creepers in on every play, um, this kind of simulated uh, pass rush. It, it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, so, yeah. You what know. you hit on is exactly it, compete. Mm-hmm. You want to see his team compete. And, and, that's, yeah, and, and that's the thing, you know, and that word compete is so misconstrued at times. But compete is one thing. That's, no matter the score, no matter the opponent, no matter the, the, the circumstance, you compete. You give your, you know, Irving Myers four to six second, you know, line is, has always been talked about, but that's what it is. Compete. Compete every play. Don't give away a play. And, and, and positive things will happen. You know, too many times last year there were non-competitive plays. Don't be that away. Be competitive. Um, I'm the same way, you know, it, 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 it's, I don't judge Billy Napier too much on this season because of, the depleted roster and you know and, and at, at certain places non SEC quality players um, there, but uh, it's all about competing. Um, Patrick Tony's going to do well. That's a it's a man that's going to be a head coach soon. So uh, I'm excited, man. Um, kickoff at seven o'clock in the swamp on Saturday night. Um, you and I'll be back on Friday. We'll uh, we'll do some predictions. We'll talk a little bit about Utah. Uh, talk a little about, about about any surprises we've seen in that depth chart as well, and uh, give give our players the pick and be ready to go. So uh, Nick, appreciate it, man. Uh, first podcast down and a uh, lot more to go, and uh, it's gonna be a good season. Don't worry about it. Yes, sir. Yes, thank you guys so much. I was. Uh Really excited to shoot this podcast today, and I'm really excited to uh, cover the Florida Gators for you guys this season. It should be, uh, like we said, it should be a fun, entertaining season. I know me and Andrew and the the rest of the Gator Country staff are uh, we're really excited to get going here and uh, and you know show up on Saturdays, watch the games with you guys, uh, and just talk Gator football. So we'll be live in the swamp and uh, starting with a Gator Walk and everything else. We'll have recruiting coverage as well. So uh, be ready and uh, let us know. Uh, if uh, if you guys want any questions answered, and if you see us on Saturday, say hello. Um, and as always, uh, we appreciate it. And uh, check us out at GatorCountry.com.